Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of March 25, 2018. First, we remind you that the pre-registration for the 2018 Crossroads Conference closes on Tuesday, April 3. The conference is Friday, April 6, and Saturday, April 7 in Louisville at United Crescent Hill Ministries. Out-of-town participants will stay at the Ramada Inn, a short five- to seven-minute ride from the conference site. Crossroads begins at noon on Friday with lunch and concludes on Saturday evening after the banquet. Dan Spoon, ACB First Vice President, is our special guest, and he will be conducting several of our breakout sessions on topics such as team building, time management, and fundraising. He will also be our banquet speaker. Rick Ricks, retired executive director from the Kentucky School for the Blind Charitable Foundation, will be our Friday evening speaker. At Crossroads, you'll learn to make that great first impression, advance your job search or your career, and get fundraising, public relations, and membership recruitment tips for your affiliate or chapter. Read more about Crossroads and the complete schedule by visiting www.kentucky-acb.org. Pre-registration for Crossroads is $35 for one day, $50 for two. After April 3, the cost is $40 for one day and $60 for both days. KCB is offering a $75 stipend to members from outside of the Louisville area to help with travel expenses. GLCB is offering a $25 stipend to members in Metro Louisville. For more information and to register, call us at 502-895-4598. Blind and visually impaired people participate in all kinds of activities, and from time to time we like to feature individuals who put a new twist on a popular hobby. Sue Ellen Milo is our guest on page two. Sue Ellen has always enjoyed swimming, and she tells us about how she is advancing that interest to a new level. She swims at the Mary T. Maher Pool here in Louisville. Mary T. Maher was an Olympic gold medalist in swimming a number of years ago. And for those of you who keep up with politics, her sister, Ann Northup, is a former Republican 3rd District Congresswoman from Louisville. The fourth Friday of each month includes Page Turners at the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout. Page Turners is sponsored by the Tri-State Library users, and this past Friday we shared good books as usual, but we also shared magazines that we either enjoy at this time or that we have read regularly in the past. Adam Rushevel edited the magazine portion of Page Turners for us, and it appears on page 3. Check it out. You might find a new magazine from your talking book library that you will enjoy. We bring you three articles from around the Internet on page 4. First, hear about a collaboration between ACB and Cisco Systems to make a business telephone system more accessible. Next, Blindfold Games announces a new iPhone app, called Blindfold Crossword. And finally, Apple announces that it is seeking approval for the addition of several new emojis depicting images related to various disabilities. And on page 5 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. Visiting with us today on Sound Prince is Sue Ellen Milo. Sue Ellen is a member of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, and she's also a member of a couple of other chapters of KCB. 
guide dog users of Kentuckyana and Tri-State Library users, and she's just really involved in a lot of things, and one of those things happens to be swimming. So we're going to chat about that a little bit today. Welcome, Swellen. Thank you. <laughs> so, Ellen, um, you started coming into roundabouts and saying, oh, I'm, I've been to swimming today or whatever. And to be quite honest, I thought, oh, well, she's going to swimming just to kind of exercise. And, and it's awfully good to kind of, uh, if, you, if you're on a diet or if you want to lose weight or whatever. So I thought, oh, this is just kind of an exercise thing So Ellen is doing. And the other day we were chatting and discovered it's a whole lot more than that. So tell us about what you're doing uh, involved with a swimming, cl swimming club here in Louisville. Actually, it started out as just what you said. You know, it's a great way to lose weight. It's my favorite type of exercise. But then uh, the the woman that I started going swimming with, because I needed a swim buddy to help me acclimate to the facility. Um, uh, but the woman I was swimming with, um, who um, was also in my theater, um, involved with our th with Imagine Blind Players, she took. Um, she had posted on Facebook about the swim team she was on uh, for adults. And so I asked her about it, and she said it was the Louisville Swim Masters. I said, uh, what do you have to do to join? And she said, first, you have to be able to do at least 25 yards for a swim. I said, I think we can do that easy as pie. So I worked with her for a few weeks until I got up to or I could, and she saw that I could do way more than 25. Mm -hmm. So she spoke to coach about it. Um, and one, she went to the head coach, which meant we had to wait a little bit till he came back from medical. But um, he said he that was all he said. Can she do 25 yards? And she said, hell yeah. <laughs> He said, then she can start coming to practice. And I started coming to practice. They have their practices at this place called the Mary T. Maha Center, which is an indoor pool. They practice pretty much every day of the week at uh, 5 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. We get there at 5. Do but, you go um, every day? They, I go. The thing is, different people come in at different uh, for different numbers of times. Some oh, people come okay. every day. Some, like me and Tallery, come in once a week. Mm -hmm. um, they have evening practices as well that you can choose from for those who work but want to be involved. Mm -hmm. And weekend practices. So there are lots of options. Basically, we go, we train, and there are meets several times a year for adult swimmers. I'm going to be entering um, a meet for the first time uh, this summer. I want to give myself plenty of time to train. Is that going to be a meet that will be basically for that team, or will it be with That'll other be teams in the Louisville team. area? It, we, it will be our team uh, will be competing with swimmers from other swim clubs from other areas, and in fact, the competition will be at a different pool from the one we train at. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Tallery's going to help me get acclimated to the pool. Um, we experimented with some ideas for accommodations, but it doesn't seem like I'm going to. That's one of the neat things is that you don't really need a lot of accommodations to swim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, so it, when you compete, you're in a lane? Yes, you're in a lane. I 
think there are a couple people to Elaine. Um, I can't remember exactly at this point. Okay. Oh, so, in practice, there are generally two, sometimes three people to a lane. All right. So when you're when you're competing though in a race, like when you see the swim teams on TV and things like that. Yeah. Then each person is in a lane. Yeah. They're in a lane. So how? Uh, what what accommodation will they have so you make sure you're in your lane? You know, you're so you stay in your lane. Do you know? The lanes are all are all separated by ropes. Okay. So right. that I mean, there's. Because obviously, I'm not going to be able to see the painted markers on the bottom of the pool. That's right. But mm -hmm. each lane has a, has a rope on either side. And, mm -hmm. in fact, one of the things, we you swim in what they call a circle, mm -hmm. where you'll go down keeping, you where you're always going to keep the lane marker on your left side. Correct. So you go down with it on one side, and then you'll flip onto like a side stroke to go the couple of strokes to catch the, to put the line marker on your other side and then continue on in the other direction. Correct. Go back the other direction. Yeah. I was never on a swim team in school. We, In fact, we didn't have swimming when I was in school at the um, School for the Blind. They, that came later when they built their pool. I've not done any competitive swimming. Yeah. We, uh, but if I, they already had the ropes, I mean, gee, that that's that's good. I started out swimming as early as, one of my earliest memories was being taken for swim lessons at the town, something called the town pool, which was actually a pond. <laughs> and okay. um, then when, and then eventually Mom put me in the Easter Seal swim program. Mm-hmm. And plus I had swimming class when I was at the Perkins School for the Blind. And I really, I heard about swim teams on the TV show Zoom, but my high school didn't have one. And uh, that was kind of a bummer because I really wanted to to, to compete. Um, so I thought this was something that I would never get to do. And then, bam, here comes this opportunity that I found out about on social media. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I I want to do this. I can I can finally do this. That is really that's neat. That um, you know that that a it's something that you've always wanted to do. You found a way to do it. You well, you found an opening to be able to get in to doing the thing that you'd like to do. And then I think the the best part is that you have a a, a group of people in this team uh, who are willing to let you compete with every right along with everybody else that's right i i the, at most of the team is fully able-bodied or mm -hmm. n you know non-disabled mm -hmm. folks mm -hmm. uh, me at tallery has cp so she's got some physical limitations so they're used mm -hmm. to disability but um you know we're i think the only disabled folks on the team mm-hmm well that's really good. You know, now, and we talked about um, trying to do something. Uh, we may do it once we get closer to meet. I'm not sure where they'll use something like a tennis ball at the end of a pole, so something for me to tell where the end of the lane is. Mm -hmm. Right. You no, know, but so far I have a certain set. I, I seem to be. I don't smash into the wall too many times. <laughs> I can yeah. use my arms. The way I, one would use, uh, instead of using upper arm technique, I just really stretch those arms out. When I get to a certain point, I know to really push on the arms because if I do that, my hand should catch the wall before my head does. Yes, yeah, and that's a good thing. 
We yes, have. it's a very good thing. Yeah. It won't hurt. <laughs> they sure do. So you're pointing toward being uh, being in competition in maybe July. Yep, my goal is to enter the um, 50-yard freestyle and the 100-yard backstroke. Mm. So I'm kind of be. I don't expect to place, um, but I am going to give it a try. This that when the, in the competitions they they compete. You compete by age. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably I'll probably be in something like the fifty to sixty five or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so that'll be kind of interesting. And I'm I'm pretty excited right now. A normal practice session, I'll do six hundred yards between both strokes. Mm. Well, and I've gone uh, I've gone as high as 800. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, another good thing about this for people that are not familiar with um with the Louisville area, the Mary T. Maher pool is really not that far from where you live. So Right, it's generally it's about a 5-minute drive. Right. Because it is um it is what used to be the uh, called the Crescent Hill pool it was a at that time it was an open air you know an outside pool and um it was redone a number of years ago and created the the indoor the indoor facility and um so it's it's in the general area um, between the Kentucky School for the Blonde and out into the St. Matthews area so it's a very convenient location um it's not like you you know, you would need to go 20 miles to swim or something, and it's a it's a great facility. I've heard so. Um, I think that's a it's a really good that's a really good setup all the way around. Oh yeah, it, and the staff is really really good. They're really really helpful. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, you know, that's that's a, a a wonderful way to take what was um, a hobby and something that you always wanted to do, and now be able to expand it. You've kind of done that with a couple of other things as well, and one of those is the um, the theater things that you've been involved with. Right. Yeah, because, and did you do theater things before you came to Louisville? As an adult, no. I had done things when I was in the Perkins School, if it was a performing arts thing, I was there. I mm-hmm. did dance performing. I did, you know, every grade had a school production. And I was on stage, um, front and center, any opportunity possible. <laughs> but when I got into public school, I got a lot of, well, you might fall off the stage. Well, um, you can't see to learn how to move the way your character would need to move. Mm-hmm. You know, theater isn't for blind people. Mm-hmm. And so in the last couple of years, you've been able to do some of that too here. Because right. I started with the Braille Readers Theater, and now I'm also involved in Imagine Blind Players. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, was this the second or third year you've been in Readers Theater? Second. And you did a great job in that, in the... Um, the doctor, in spite of himself. Yes, I was <laughs> Jacqueline, the flirtatious nursery maid. Yes, and uh, and then in Imagine Blind Players, you just kind of took to that, too. And, yep. Uh, we've had Darren Harbour on uh, Sound Prince a couple of times, several times, talk about With that, he really blew the um, you-can't-learn-to-move oh, properly yeah. right out the window. Darren has proven that to be 
um, certainly not so because he's brought in people to to teach that kind of thing to the people in this in his plays and there's one thing you can say about imagine volume players and that is it is not just for people who want to sit in a chair and read a part um, Absolutely out there not. Acting the part. this this last play uh, I did a lot where uh, most of my movement somebody was guiding or helping me to a certain degree but the next play we're gonna get me out moving on my own um, uh, on my under my own steam in some scenes mm -hmm. and uh, what's really I think very neat about both of these things the swimming and the theater is that um, you know you're doing this not only as a, a blind person but as a blind person who also has a significant hearing loss and oftentimes people just think that um, you know that oh well you just can't do either one of these things and and yet you're out there proving that that's not the case right I I don't tend it would be easy to close myself off and shrink back because it takes a lot of work even with when I wear the hearing aid to hear sometimes especially if you're dealing with noise and chaos and bad acoustics but I want it badly enough that I'm willing to do the work right right and 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 put in the time and that's that's a um a really good a really good testimony to the fact that perseverance does pay off. Yep. Yeah. Well, Suellen, we really appreciate you being on Sound Prince with us today. We'll look forward to hearing about how the swimming competition goes. And, of course, look forward to seeing you in other productions from Imagine Blind Players and the APH Readers Theater. So thanks for being with us. You're welcome. It was good to be here. APH is Nearby Explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Send to Braille is a free tool for creating a Braille file quickly in Windows. It adds a shortcut to your Send to Folder menu. Once installed, simply point to a file, right-click, select Send to, select Braille, to create a quick Braille file instantly. Download Send to Braille from the American Printing House for the Blind at tech.aph.org lt. Page three. Turners. Adam, did you did did you want to do magazines? I was suggesting that we uh, have a page turner session about magazines and see what magazines different people get and if you do get them, what you like about them. I know that uh, I get several and I always come across some interesting things. Just. To give you one example, Discover Magazine has a section each issue at the end called 20 Things You Don't Know About, and then they have the subject, like it might be that you don't know about rain, or you don't know about syrup, or you don't know about 
you know, roses or whatever it might be. And uh, I always definitely go to that, uh, whether I read anything else in the magazine or not. Anybody else would be interested? Well, why don't you just do it right now? Okay, I will go first, because I like several magazines. One, one Bart, um, I, I wish, what's the name of, uh, Contemporary Soundtracks, I wish it was longer because it's, it's just way, way too short. Uh, I, I like Elderly Queen, um, which comes out bi-monthly. Um, I like um, Sports Illustrator. And then there's a couple on BART, which uh, is way, way over Bill's head. They, they have this one magazine, it's called Sound and Visions. And that's what replaced Stereo Review. And you need a doctorate degree to read Sound and Visions. Adam, uh, what's your favorite magazine? Well, I have several. As I said, I like Discover Magazine because it's science. I like National Geographic for the same reason and um, they have different um, areas each month in National Geographic. One, one month it might be, uh, their major theme would be uh, things in Africa. The next time it might be outer space. The next time it might be river life. You know, but uh, they have other articles as well, but that might be the main theme of the issue, so I like that. Um, I get Ellery Queen. Um, uh, Consumer Report is another one that I don't necessarily read everything, but uh, they have a thing at the end of that. It's called Selling It. And in Selling It, uh, they have all kinds of advertising bloopers and that people send in uh, where, you know, somebody misspells something or uh, it, the meaning of the message is totally different from what you might think the advertiser might want. So I always go to that at the end. Uh, but their table of contents, you can see what's in the magazine if you're interested in any particular um, any particular article. You know, you can decide to read it or not to read it. They have uh, in the articles, they have ratings of products. So if they're doing headsets, and they rate the uh, headsets both with price and uh, quality of, of the item. The NLS Magazine News and Update, those are very short things that come out. They're in Braille, uh, but they um, uh, have things concerning National Library Service, and once in a while you'll come across something and might happen to catch uh, something on uh, Kentucky, uh, but uh, I like those. Now, I think that the news also comes out on the Talking Book Topics um, recording. It's a quarterly publication. When you get newsletters and things like that, uh, they're almost like periodicals, and it, it's good to catch things that you might like. Um, I like American History. Uh, it's a good magazine. Um, I get Let's see, Sports Illustrated, I get Talking Book Topics, and again, 
a lot of times in there, the introductory uh, things, uh, before they start listing the books, there's uh, things on technology sometimes that uh, I like to read about. Uh, True West is another magazine. Now, unfortunately, that's more uh, scholarly or, or it's not a lot of fiction stuff. It's mostly nonfiction. And uh, so I don't read everything in it, but once in a while I'll catch something there. Try Cowboys and Indians. Magazine of the Month is another uh, magazine that I get. And, and that is each month they put out a different titled magazine for you to try as a test. That way you can find out whether you might like a magazine and you can contact NLS and say, you know, I tried it out on Magazine of the Month and I suggest that you might, you know, put it out on a regular basis and if they get enough requests like that, then, then they really might consider it. So, um, those are quite a few of the ones I like to get. Since me and Adam's been doing all the talking, why don't we see see if we can find uh, one of these uh, ladies uh, as a magazine. National Braille Press has uh, our special, and I enjoy that. There's recipes in there. There's articles pertaining to women's health. Um, sometimes there's gardening articles, and there's articles on uh, crafts. And I, I really enjoy that magazine, and it comes out, um, I think it's month. No, I think it's every, yeah, something like six a year. I share the, it, it's, you have to pay for it, and uh, Carol Schaff is nice enough to pass hers along to me and tells me, give them, pass them along. Adam gets a great magazine. He's brought it before, um, but it's, it, it bears talking about again. It's in Braille and it's called Conundrum. Oh, well, my goodness, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you like puzzles and things like that, Conundrum is the thing to get. Um, the only problem with Conundrum is it's British based. So, in things like the crossword puzzles and things, the um, it's all, you know, kind of British stuff. And you don't realize how much difference there is in the countries. And, and then just in the language until you start doing things with conundrum. But it has Sudoku puzzles in it. It always has two or three of those. Um, it has word puzzles of all kinds and it, and it has the logic puzzles, which Adam doesn't like and I, I really like. Well, we've done them together. Yes, I know. And logic puzzles are, are kind of cool. Um, again, in those puzzles sometimes uh, it's pretty, you know, it's it's pretty much based on something in London or, you know, whatever. But if you can get past that, it's it's really good. And um, it's a free magazine. It's produced by, um, I don't know what they call them now, but Royal National Institute for the Blind. Uh, I think it has a little additional name of some kind now in London. And so it's always running behind, like we just got the February issue, and that's really pretty good for them. Um, but it comes, you know, what, Adam, 10 times a year or something no, like that? Huh? 12. Oh, it does now? Yeah. I thought it used to be 10. No, it always But it's, it's really, it, it really is worth the, worth the effort. And this time it was an extra fat issue, so there must be some more good puzzles in there. Um, math puzzles as well. And, um, and then sometimes things, there's a puzzle in there that's kind of cool. Um, 
it's like uh, the letters, they will write words, but, but, the, um, but the, the letters are replaced by numbers. And so it's kind of like a code. And you have to figure out what it is from the code. And of course, since E is the, is the letter that's used the most in the alphabet, then once you can get an E in place, then you can start figuring out other things from that. So if you like Scrabble, like Debra Lewis, I bet you'd like all those word puzzles in there and stuff, and, and the codes and things. I think it, it, it really is fun. Yeah, that's, that's a free magazine, and it's available. You call the library to get it. Well, one of the magazines I like to read from time to time, it's called True West, and they have different facts and, and, and stories of uh, what, what are behind the different major events that happened in the uh, western United States as it was being yeah. settled. Do they still have news? Yes. And, um, you know, that's a pretty good magazine. I think it comes out, like, I'm going to say monthly, maybe every two months. I'm not for sure the exact uh, frequency it's delivered, but it's a pretty decent magazine if you want something different to check out. The Economist is a weekly news magazine for those who are interested in it. It's pretty much what it what I just said it is, it's a magazine of different current events and other such things of that sort. So those are the two that I have thought of. I, I just want to mention, uh, Joey reminded me, uh, if you like science fiction, there's also Asimov's science fiction magazine and analog magazine. Asimov's is braille and analog is audio. And um, it happens I don't like science fiction that much, so I don't, but they're both uh, fiction magazines, short stories and so on. And, and so if you like science fiction, both of those are extremely good. And they, they've been around for, you know, 70, 80 years probably. So they, they have good basis. I asked um, Adam and Bill if they still produce Muse magazine. Muse magazine is kind of a, uh, I would say it, it would be a middle school to high school um, science magazine. And it has great articles. It's not over your head, you know. I mean, at least it's not over my head. It's on my level when it comes to what I like to read. If I read a magazine like that, I don't want to have to, you know, feel like I need a doctorate in, in physics to read an article about a new discovery. Um, and I used to, I used to take it in a lot when I taught science at KSB, because it had current articles. Um, you know, books are fine, and they're great for learning the basic principles of things, but the articles that, that about the new discoveries or um, you know things that are just coming out or new ways of doing things are just, I think, much more interesting. And um, I remember one series of articles that they had, uh, I think it was in 1998 when I was teaching the science and math that year. And um, it was about the use of nanotubes, which were carbon kinds of things, um, the use of nanotubes to make a space elevator. And this space elevator would be, um, you know, they would, they would use it from somewhere out in the Pacific, and you go up and they could kind of 
fling you out toward Mars and you could get there quicker. So I said I wanted to be one of the first people to use such a thing. I thought that would be really cool. But um, it's, it's not science fiction because it's based on research and things. So, you know, you can find interesting material in almost anything. And I didn't always read everything in Muse, but um, it's, it would be. I'm sure I haven't read it for a while. We don't get it right now. But it also is free in Braille from the Talking Book Library. They, they will update or change magazines if they get enough requests, so it's always good to kind of check magazines out and make suggestions if you can. Page 4. Here are some of the interesting articles that were posted this week on ACB Leadership and elsewhere on the Internet. The first article is from Leadership and was posted on March 19. It's entitled, Cisco collaborates on phones with American Council of the Blind, and it originally appeared on blogs.cisco.com. This week, Cisco is in San Diego for one of the biggest events in the accessibility world, the annual CSUN Assistive Technology Conference. It's amazing to see so much technology innovation happening in this space. And the person writing this article was grateful to work for a company that is developing solutions to enable people with disabilities to communicate and collaborate more effectively. At the conference, we're showcasing a new solution that we know will make an impact. We now offer the first enterprise-grade desk phone that includes built-in text-to-speech functionality capable of conveying vital information on the display through audible voice and tone indicators. Developed with collaborative input from the American Council of the Blind, ACB, the software update for the Cisco's IP Phone 8800 series is a huge step toward making the digital workplace more accessible for the blind and visually impaired. Quote, we're excited by the commitment Cisco has shown in making their leading business enterprise workhorse accessible, says Eric Bridges, ACB's executive director. With businesses relying more on telework and virtual office settings, employees who are blind and visually impaired require reliable telecommunication solutions free of access barriers. End quote. Although third-party solutions were previously available, they were often difficult to use, required connections to external computers, and were not always reliable. This new accessibility update is built into the phone's operating system. You can deploy it on all on-premises registered 8800 series models via a simple software update. A blind or visually impaired employee can sit down at any workstation with an updated 8800 series phone and easily enable the accessibility features. Working with ACB to create new possibilities for people with disabilities in the workplace has been an amazing experience. ACB is the nation's leading grassroots consumer organization representing Americans who are blind and visually impaired.
ACB strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and to improve quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. Innovations like the software updates to the 8800 series will help disabled workers to more easily connect and collaborate with their teams. It's a powerful example of how we can use technology to drive inclusion so that we can achieve more together. On March 19, Marty Schultz announced the release of Blindfold Crossword, a new app for the iPhone. Crossword puzzles are the world's most popular word game. The first crosswords appeared in England during the 19th century. The rule of a crossword puzzle is that the crossword grids must be symmetrical, such that the pattern will appear the same when it is turned upside down, and no more than one-sixth of the grid should consist of black spaces. Entries must have at least three letters. Entries can be either single word, such as waste, W-A-S-T-E, or a group of words, such as vocab lesson. After finding a source of hundreds of relatively easy crossword puzzles, Marty designed the game to have two sections, the crossword puzzle grid and the list of clues. To solve a crossword puzzle, you are given a clue and its location on the grid. You must come up with the word or words that answer the clue and fits with the other words around it. Each spot on the grid is either open or black. You fill in the open spots. You skip over the black spots. Answers to clues go either across, from left to right, or down from top to bottom. The hardest part of building blindfold crossword was making it easy enough for people who never played crossword puzzles before. If you are new at crossword puzzles, you can set the game to fill out about half of the letters in the puzzle. Instead of having to guess the entire word, you will see a few of the letters in the word, and you just have to find a word that fits. For example, if the clue is drips from trees, and the first letter that's filled in for you across is S, and the last letter that's filled in across is P, you could guess that the word is sap and fill in the letter A. As you get better, reduce the number of letters filled in until you are solving the puzzle with just the clues. The game comes with a practice puzzle that you can play over and over again and includes in-app upgrades for dozens of puzzles. To download the game, go to the iTunes Store. And the American Council of the Blind is mentioned in this article, which appeared in Time magazine, entitled, Prosthetics, Guide Dogs, and Wheelchairs. Here come Apple's proposed accessibility emoji. The article is from time.com. Apple proposed new accessibility emojis Friday to better represent individuals with disabilities. According to the proposal, the new emojis 
include a seeing eye dog, a service dog, the sign for deaf, both a mechanized and manual wheelchair, and more. Apple collaborated with the American Council of the Blind, the Cerebral Palsy Foundation, and the National Association of the Deaf to create the emojis. Quote, Adding emoji emblematic to users' life experiences helps foster a diverse culture that is inclusive of disability, says the proposal to the Unicode Consortium, the gatekeeper for new emojis. Emoji are a universal language and a powerful tool for communication, as well as a form of self-expression, and can be used not only to represent one's own personal experience, but also to show support for a loved one. End quote. The proposed emoji, which were first reported by Emojipedia, would be available in different genders and skin colors, though Apple acknowledges that the potential emojis are, quote, not meant to be a comprehensive list of all possible depictions of disabilities, but to provide an initial starting point for greater representation for diversity within the emoji universe, end quote. Before the accessibility emojis could be released to the public, the proposal would have to be accepted by the Unicode Consortium, and the process is no walk in the park. Fortune detailed the steps that an emoji must go through before users can happily send the images to friends. Proposals for new emoji must make a compelling argument as to why they should be made. In Apple's proposal, for example, they note that one in seven people around the world has some form of disability. An emoji subcommittee and then a technical committee select emojis, which are then put on the Unicode Consortium site for six months for public comment. Finally, they go to an annual committee where the final decision is made. There were initially 176 emojis, which were released in 1999. Now there are 1,182 recognized by the Unicode Consortium. And as a testament to their popularity, the word emoji, E-M-O-J-I, was added to dictionary.com earlier this year. Page 5. The Sound Prince Calendar. On March 28, the Bluegrass Council will have a peer support group meeting from 12 to 2 p.m. The topic is Accessible Voting at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. Call 859-259-1834. March 29 is a Savvy Workshop, Cooking Safety and Strategies. From 10 a.m. to noon Central Time, join Savvy as they share cooking tips and strategies which may be beneficial for those with visual impairments at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts 
at 270-485-8170 for more information. On March 30, the Greater Louisville Council of Blind will have another roundabout, Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5, Discussion, 5 to 6, Dinner, 6 to 7, $5 per person, and Games and Crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598. March 31 is the Easter Holiday Open House from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind Museum. Bring your Easter visitors to APH's museum where they can write their names in Braille, see a book from Helen Keller's Bible, learn about guide dogs, play games, and read books designed for children who are blind, and enjoy many other activities. Easter treats and lemonade will be served. For more information, call the museum at 502-899-2213. Events coming up for April include, on April 1, the Greater Louisville Council will have committee meetings, Advocacy at 7 p.m. and Education, Activities, and Technology at 8. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On April 3, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have a conference call meeting at 8 p.m. at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On April 4, the Bluegrass Council will have a nutrition, education, and cooking class. 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., collaborative effort between BCB and the UK Cooperative Extension Office to offer seven hands-on nutrition education classes and cooking classes to anyone who would like to attend on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. Classes will alternate locations between the BCB office and the UK Extension office. For more information, call 859-259-1834. On April 5, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its monthly conference call. The meeting is for lions from all over the country. It's an excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to become involved in your local clubs. 9 p.m., Eastern Time, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. April 6 and 7, Crossroads, Let Your Journey Begin, a special conference sponsored by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Great for individual, professional, and organizational development. $35 for one day, $50 for both days. Call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598 for more information. April 8, KCB Next Generation Meeting. By conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the regular monthly meeting for visually impaired people 40 and under. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. April 10 is the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired Savvy Monthly Meeting, 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. The speaker is Gay Panel, Independent Living Administrator, Kentucky Office for the Blind. They will also discuss the June 9 garage sale. Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Contact Rick Bogus at 270 684 
888-448-4418 for more information. On April 11, KCB will hold its PR Membership Committee meeting at 8 p.m. by phone 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On April 12, Savvy will have a workshop entitled iPhone Accessibility from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time. They will explore iPhone accessibility features for the visually impaired at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 for more information. April 12 is another Bluegrass Council class from 1 to 2 p.m. Sam will share information about several must-have items and devices which can help just about any visually impaired individual at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. Call 859-259-1834 for more information. And on April 12, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a support group meeting in Louisville from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. Call the KCB at 502-895-4598 for more information. And finally, on April 12, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its regular conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155-619. For more information about the Northern Kentucky Council, call 859-781-7369. On April 13, GLCB will have its next roundabout Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, Discussion Time and Tip Sheet from 5 to 6, Dinner 6 to 7, and Bingo $2 per person, Games and Crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On April 14 is the monthly board meeting of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind at 11 a.m. by conference call. The phone number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. April 15 is the regular monthly meeting of the KSB Alumni Association Board. It's at 8 p.m. Eastern Time at 605-475-6006, code 294444. April 16 is the monthly meeting of the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board of Directors at 7.30 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. April 18, Bluegrass Council Nutrition, Education, and Cooking Class. 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. Collaborative effort between the Bluegrass Council and UK Cooperative Extension to offer seven hands-on nutrition, education, and cooking classes. Classes to be held the first and third Wednesdays of the month. Classes will alternate locations between the Bluegrass Council office and the UK Extension office. For more information, call 859-259-1834. On April 20, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold a roundabout from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. April 23 is the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana membership call, 7 p.m. by phone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. 
April 25, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its next peer support group meeting, 12 noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. RSVP by calling 859-259-1834. April 26 is a Savvy Workshop, Nutrition and Exercise, 10 a.m. to noon Central Time, Join Savvy as they share exercise and nutrition tips at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. On April 26th, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have a peer support Group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On April 27 is the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Spring Quarterly Meeting. This is the annual meeting where officers are elected and there will be much information shared about the upcoming American Council of the Blind Convention in St. Louis in July. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On April 28, the American Printing House for the Blind Museum will present a program called The Competitive World of Blind Sports from 1 to 3 p.m. From casual recreation to the Olympics and the Paralympics, people who are blind or visually impaired participate in every possible sport from team sports like baseball and goalball to archery, cycling, golf, judo, swimming, and skiing. Meet athletes who have excelled at their sport, sometimes with special adaptive equipment, but always through their own innate abilities and drive. At the APH Museum, 1839 Frankfurt Avenue. Free, but best for adults and children 8 and up. For more information and to pre-register, call 502 899 Looking ahead to May is the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Derby Party on, of course, Derby Day, Saturday, May 5. Doors open at 10 a.m. and the party lasts until 8 p.m. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, it's $5 per person and it will include lots of fun and games and activity for the entire day. Everyone is invited for more information, call 502-895-4598. And in June comes the 57th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind, June 29 to July 6 in St. Louis, Missouri. The week begins with a trip to the St. Louis Cardinals baseball game and ends with a historic visit to Hannibal, Missouri to learn all about Mark Twain. At the Union Station Hotel in St. Louis, pre-registration opens on May 15. More details about exhibits, workshops, tours, programs, and many fun activities in coming months or by visiting www.acb.org. And you can keep up with all of the convention information by subscribing to the ACB convention list. Send a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind 
or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody. Well, I'm